Welcome to Lagrange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science, technology, and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia, who are a youth organisation with members aged 15 to 25, whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Today with us, we have Lauren. Hello. And Camille. What's up? And I'm Justin. Today, we'll be talking about space. Space. The final frontier. And then we'll be covering topics including... (laughs) The moons around Pluto. A couple being sent into space. Asteroid mining and asteroid craters being the creators of life. We're going to kick off with our Launchpad News section. We're going to launch into our Launchpad News section with some actual news from a Launchpad. Lauren, take the cake. Or should I say space the cake? So on Monday, India launched a rocket carrying seven satellites into space, including a Canadian orbiter to search the skies for asteroids hurtling towards the Earth and possibly causing... Destruction of mankind. Exactly. I think that's really cool because you really know that you've made it as a nation when you've launched something into space. China's sent a few people up into space. They had their first astronaut. So it's good to see that India's really getting on board with this whole space Space. program thing and, and getting involved, especially in something that could defend the Earth from near Earth objects, if I if I get that right. So what what will this what will some of these satellites be doing up there, Lauren? These satellites will be scanning for chunks of asteroids, comets and space debris, leftovers from, you know, old space missions that have been left up in orbit that can possibly cause collisions with Earth or other things in space. There's also a few other satellites going up there from France called Saral, Argos and Altica from the French space agency CNES. Now, I'm not convinced the French Space Agency just doesn't like making up crazy acronyms that are also names. But these satellites are actually climate monitoring satellites that will be scanning the Earth and looking for changes in our in our temperatures, our weather patterns, and our winds, which will be really interesting. So this Indian space launch is not just launching one satellite, but a whole bunch. And they're looking to actually launch more uh, as they move towards doing their man, first manned space flight in 2016. So keep in mind, NASA is not really launching any manned space flights at the moment. China's already sent one or two people up, and now India is trying to go work towards its launch in three years' time. Pretty impressive. And scanning the Earth for near-Earth objects is something really important to do if you want to defend the planet. But how exactly would you then do something about defending the Earth? What kind of weaponry? Or is it even a weapon, Lauren? Once you've found these asteroids and other space debris hurtling towards the Earth, basically you, you want to defend yourself. And one theory that has um, that people have come up with is using paint to defer these hurtling objects and save the Earth. Like uh, out of like paintball guns, or well, we got like paint really scary faces on the Earth so that it scares <laughs> away the asteroids. Oh! That's you an know, asteroid. Um, they would be using a process called. Tribocharging powder dispensing, um, high pressure, and they'd be spreading a thin layer of paint over the asteroid. So they're going to paint the asteroid. Paint the asteroid. And how this would work is um, the sun would actually unevenly heat up part of the asteroid because of... um, The reflection from the paint. Yes, and this would end up diverting the asteroid from its path and possibly end up missing the Earth. But how would they shoot the right side, like... Are they shooting from space or from Earth? 
Well, that, that clearly it's going to be the next destination for the block. Make over Astro. <laughs> Renovate it. Try and sell it. Although this um, science, the, although this theory can seem kind of like out there, the science behind it's actually pretty rock solid, and people are really looking forward to testing out this theory in real life. Although the next, asteroid, I don't know if we're looking forward to testing avoiding an asteroid hitting the Earth. True. <laughs> we don't really want to have an asteroid potentially hitting the Earth, in any case. But it would be pretty cool to do a makeover on an asteroid. <laughs> I wonder what colors they'd use. I don't know. Do you want earthy tones? Maybe maybe that's a bit too too controversial. What would happen if we didn't deflect the asteroid by giving it a paint job and uh, it collided with the Earth and caused a huge crater? This crater would actually be um, heated up for hundreds of thousands of years. Well, even after the impact, it would still be hot. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the the huge pressures from uh, the impact would have caused such... Mats of tension in the earth and all the and energy all the needs to be energy. stored and slowly released. However, what's really interesting is what happens um, after this cooling down period. These craters actually provide hot natural laboratories for um, microbial life to form. So I like the deep sea vents and volcanoes that exist in the, in the really dark parts of the ocean. Um, there's a lot of life around them, even though there's no light. Uh, because they're volca- underwater volcanoes, there's lots of heat. <laughs> And so microbial life's been developed there. So it would be like that. Life in the heat, eh? Like really hot? Are we talking like bacteria crazy? Yes. Researchers actually believe that um, an asteroid impact in South Australia over yeah, 50 million years ago is actually um, one of the main causes for all the flourishing life that occurred during this point. Uh, in that area. In that area. And that, that's, really, that's really interesting about the radiation from the uh, impact actually caused all that spike in evolution, which is, I guess, almost like the metahumans and uh, uh, X-Men, if you if you will. So in this instance, I guess the creator is not only wiping out life like the dinosaurs, but also creatoring, cratering life itself. <laughs> um, uh, so not only what it takes away, it also gives by injecting more energy and radiation to make cells grow anew. So... I guess this is a really cool thing because it means that in craters um, could be an impact, uh, a spurn. It's really exciting because it means craters could be the catalyst for explosions of life, even not even if they're carrying life on them, but from the energy that's released can spur cells into developing and evolving. So that means if an asteroid hit Mars or somewhere else, there's a nice chance that it will kick off a life cycle process. But, you know, over 500 million years or so. So in 500 million years, we could have Martians living there? Maybe. Maybe if we've got the right kind of asteroid. And this theory generally called asteroid seeding from planets is called abiogenesis or panspermia. And it's really interesting to see some physical proof of this concept in reality in South Australia. So that's some nice cutting-edge research right in our back backyard. Rocket. Check. Scalpel. Check. Gloves. Check. A carefully balanced mix of pure hydrogen and oxygen? Check. Houston, I think we're ready to perform some rocket surgery. Fire! Do you reckon there'd be a space tycoon? As in, like, you know how there's roller coaster tycoon and zoo tycoon? Do you reckon there could be a space tycoon? Oh, why are we going to talk about mining stuff?
Oh yeah, asteroid mining. Mining, yay! Untapped resources on asteroids. So speaking about our own backyard, now you'll know that Australia is one of the big hubs for mining. I sure do. But <laughs> what about space? What do you mean? Space well, is empty. Incorrect. There's plenty of things in space. For example, Earth is in space. But another thing also in space is asteroids. But they just explode over our sky and blow out all the windows in Russia. How is that helpful, Camille? <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect. They are made up of things. and Like solid iron? Yes, that is correct. And other kinds of metals and materials that could be mined. Rather than digging up our own backyard, we can dig up space's backyard. That would be really cool. So instead of having to drag dirt out of the ground, crush it down, melt it up, refine it, maybe get a bit of iron ore, we can drag an asteroid that's entirely iron and have everything we need in the one stop. Exactly. Rather than, I guess, harming our environment, which can end very badly, very quickly, um, we can utilise space's resources, which is going to explode anyway. That's true. I mean, that is a good way to, to make use of all that empty empty space out there. And it'd be actually really cool to use some of the things in space because one of the greatest parts about asteroids and all those other things out there is that they have a lot of rare and unusual elements, like palladium, that uh, we need for our mobile phones and our other consumer electronics that are really super rare on Earth. But if we can get access to them pretty cheaply in space in huge quantities, it just makes it so much easier. The problem then is, how do you get it from space to Earth to sell? Like, you can say, that asteroid's mine. <laughs> I own it. take that. But then how do you get it back to Earth? I feel like Neopets really covered this one. How? I don't actually know. They had the little alien creatures mining it. They had a mine planet. And they'd send it through space and spaceships. Would you be able to transport it by spaceships? And how would you... Would you have people living on the asteroids to mine it? I guess that would make sense. And you can hollow out the asteroid and have a secret asteroid base for your Lair. space part. I mean, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> and it would just move around. Like, eventually, you just hollow out the asteroid and have it as a spaceship. Oh, my God. That'd be really cool. Like, you know how you make houses out of trees? Like, a tree house. Not... Not not like a, I've chopped down trees, but like I'm going to holler out this cool-ass tree. It'd be like Cooper Petty, but uh, less underground and more inside the asteroids themselves. Which yeah. Would be, which would be really cool. And it would protect you from a lot of impact because one of the things about um, spaceships is if you're in orbit around the Earth, even if a grain of sand hits you, the speed you're going at can like tear through your entire spaceship and you know, kill everyone. So if you're inside an asteroid, I guess you're already shielded. Yeah, you'd have, be pretty strong, like fight. And you wouldn't need to put you wouldn't need to put much. Uh, uh, you wouldn't need to use much fuel either, because as we talked about earlier, even if you had special coatings and paints on the side of the planet, you could use that to adjust your reflection levels and navigate yourselves that way. It'd be slow, but you could do it. It would. It'd be doable, exactly. Or you could cover the entire surface in solar panels, and have like a a solar-powered asteroid hybrid car. But if you think about it beforehand, you would have been mining the stuff out of it before and then you're using solar power. Would would the solar panels work better in space? Most likely, yes. Yes, yes. less less uh, refraction and other things mm, getting in the way. That's true. 
But we still haven't really discussed the point of how would we get these resources back. Would you have to move them in small quantities or that maybe would be ideal, yeah. a ship like Red Dwarf? That's true, an, ast- an asteroid mining ship <laughs> like the Red Dwarf. Um, one of the other ways to do it would be to use a space elevator. Oh, yeah, this is space. Which is basically at a geostationary point, build a massive tower from the ground to, to the space using carbon nanotubes which was an idea put forward by Arthur C. Clarke centuries, not centuries, about 50 years ago. Um, very difficult, requires a lot of resources, but hey, if you're in space, you've already got those. Yeah. Another thing you could do is if you've got all the iron and resources in space, you take them to a processing facility on the moon or a space station, and you can use them to build more spaceships without having to go back to Earth. Ooh, that's very handy. I'd, I'd definitely say have some people up on, on the moon but they'd have to first make the whole space station thing. That's too. right. But once you've got that there, you can build a plant that basically creates more spaceships out of what it has around it <sighs> with 3D printers, hey, which would be works. really cool. Yeah. So self-reproducing spaceships and space stations. So I guess once you've got to space and are mining asteroids, it's an exponential takeoff curve. Oh, we just need to get to that stage, I guess. So hopefully BHP, if you're listening, or Rio Tinto, get to it. There's some untapped resources there that you should go, and the next mining boom in Australia should be in the mining boom in space. We're ready to do it. We've got all the resources and experience. Let's just go. Let's do it. Let's head to space. This has been the Young Science of Australia's podcast, The Grange Point. We talked about a few new things today, how to give an asteroid a makeover to help it avoid hitting the Earth, how the Japanese are using new satellites to help us defeat space invaders, and how we can use the resources in asteroids to kickstart a new mining boom. Head to ysa.org.au for more information. Our theme music was composed by Audionatics.